In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask your blessing in our efforts, again, as we always do when we study uh, Scripture. And even when we're at home, we should be asking the Lord to enlighten us uh, into the meaning and the message. So many people get hung up on the words uh, that they get lost. And it's the message that is far more important than the words. So give us the grace and the strength to see through the words to get the message that you want us to hear. So we thank you for this time together. And we thank you and praise you in all things. In Jesus' name. This morning we are going to be discussing chapter 4 of the book of the prophet Daniel. And I'm just sure that you've all read that, of course, and you all really understand it and so forth and don't need explanation, so we can go home. All right? Uh, June? All right. Yeah, but you're you're jumping. Excuse me, you're jumping ahead to chapter seven and beyond. Well, is this still just stories? Stories. Well, yes, in a way, it is. Remember, all of the books of the book. Uh, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, listen, because I think June has hit on a good point here. She's said she's been reading ahead, and then she's getting into chapter 7 and beyond. Uh, as I said earlier in this class, chapters 1 through 6 are pretty much just stories, all right? Uh, dreams, uh, primarily. When you get beyond that into chapter 7 through 11, uh, it becomes a little more difficult because that's what we call apocalyptic language. And the, the whole thing is a little different. So June said, well, is it again just stories? And the answer really is neither yes nor no because it is the Holy Spirit speaking to us through Scripture. Remember, the Holy Spirit can speak to us in many different ways. And people, when I uh, teach some of the other books of the Bible, particularly Job or the uh, story of Jonah and so forth, and if I use the word fiction, which these are in our terms of literature today, these are fictional stories. But don't let that throw you. I've said that a couple times in front of people, and they'll, they just kind of, throw up their hands and they say, well, if that's fiction, why should we believe any of the Bible? But you can't throw it out because that's throwing that baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. God can speak to us in any form, any way. And though these are stories rather than history, there is a message in each of them. Okay? Primarily when we get into chapter 7 and beyond. I use the example of historical fiction in today's thinking 
primarily, and I always go to the um, Gone with the Wind, the book of Gone with the Wind. How many of you read that or have seen the movie? Okay. Does that mean because it is fiction that the Civil War didn't happen? Of course. You can probably learn more from stories like Gone with the Wind or Catch-22, which is a more recent war, and some of the other stories uh, about the significance of the war, those wars, Civil War in the case of Gone with the Wind, on the effect of the people than you can from historical books. And the tr same is true in biblical books. You have a number of biblical books that are not history. Jonah, Job, uh, Esther, Tobit, Ruth, those are fictional stories, but the Holy Spirit has used them in a way to present a message. And that, again, is what we're looking for. The message. Alright? Not the actual meaning of all of those words. Does that make sense? Uh, anyone have a problem with that? Mary? Very good, yes. The Bible is all true in a spiritual sense, not in a historical sense. And the same way with scientific sense. Uh, people get really hung up on the six days of creation. Well, if you consider that the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, which contains the story of creation, was written in about the 5th century B.C., long, long after many of the other early books of the Bible were written. And it was written to present a beginning or give a beginning to what we call the Old Testament. All right? Otherwise, the Old Testament would have started with the uh, story of Moses and people would wonder, well, what happened before that? Uh, how did the people get to Egypt in the first place? Uh, and, of course, Karma can tell us now because she read up on that. <laughs> All right. Uh, so it was presented, uh, and pre I mean, it was written long after uh, Exodus and Numbers and Leviticus and Deuteronomy. Okay? But it was written for a reason. Now, the people in the 5th century didn't have as good an understanding of creation as we do today because of all of our scientific uh, exploration, etc. Alright? But, when you read that, you can learn more about God the Father out of the first 11 chapters of the book of Genesis than you can in the rest of the whole book of the Old Testament. Because God himself comes and... <coughs> excuse me, interacts with mankind. Anybody have a problem with any of that? Okay. So, the idea of do not dismiss any book of the Old Testament simply because it is not historically accurate. 
and that's true primarily. <coughs> and you, when you think about the story of Job, you know that it can't be true. But there's a tremendously beautiful message there that God watches over us. And sometimes when we are in the deepest of problems or suffering the very most, <coughs> excuse me, at least I can cut that out when I record this thing. Uh, he can give us, and he is, when we are suffering the most, he is with us there at the closest. When we are tempted to the very utmost